Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we actually grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15 and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast, a chance to talk, share and laugh about the weirdness of grief, death, pain and agony, but with comedians. So it's not that depressing, I promise. It's bleak, but you'll laugh as well, which for me is a perfect night in. Each week on Griefcast, I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief as we remember someone special that they had lost along the way. It's not easy to talk about death, but it does help if you've chosen a career designed to hide your true feelings about anything emotional. Whether it was long ago or you've just lost someone, Griefcast is a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of death. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss this week i'm talking to jade adams jade was nominated for best newcomer at the edinburgh comedy awards this year she won the funny women awards in 2014 and is a totally brilliant performer jade came to talk to me about her sister who died five years ago this year jade is a really honest person and i really love the talk we had as she talks so passionately and so brutally about how she dealt with her own grief so be prepared get your tissues ready Hello and welcome to Griefcast. I'm very excited today to be joined by stand-up, singer, cabaret performer, winner of the Funny Women Awards, the amazing Jade Adams. Hi, Jade. Hi, Cariad. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. So who are we remembering today? Uh, my sister, Jenna. And so how long ago did Jenna pass away? She died five years ago on April 24th. Oh, wow. So yeah, not long ago that you had the 
anniversary of the five year yeah five we just had we just had it yeah yeah how was that did it feel did five feel like significant or? I was in a really bad mood uh, yeah. I, I hear a lot of people allow themselves that day maybe their birthday to be in a really foul mood I was working uh, as a waitress in a cafe in Newington Green which is how I'm pretty sure that song goes <laughs> I was working there and I sort of had to go in oh, and oh, I didn't want to be there yeah. at all I just and on those days I feel justified in any bad behavior that I may want to have <laughs> yeah. like I I'm an asshole like I just will not be agreeable I'll cry if I want I'll like yeah. if I want to have a cigarette I'll make it about my sister dying rather than <laughs> rather than it being that I want to go for a fag I'd be like I have to go you know I always feel like slightly loud like I always I'd... feel like I've got that card and yeah. I don't play it every day so you know what if I want to fucking play it today I will I just so. think that that's you know if that, you've had this really horrible thing happen to you, especially we've had it young yeah, as well. Yeah. I, I think people that have lost people older don't get it as much. Yes, I agree with you. It's not as such well, a... Well, they probably disagree with yeah. that. But like I, I think because we're younger, we get the card. Yeah. <laughs> and if anyone says something like, well, I think that's... I'll be like, well, you haven't got a dead sister. Yeah, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like. I remember I, like... So my dad I was 15 and I must have been 17 and loads of us tried to bunk off school and we got caught, like, sneaking out and the teacher was, like, absolutely bollocking everybody and then she looked at me... And I said, it's my dad's anniversary. And she knew, she went, go home. And everyone else got detention, and I didn't. And I felt really bad, but also like, fair play. I mean, come on, I've got to get something out of this. You've all got your dads. (laughs) Exactly. I said it quietly to her, so the rest of them didn't hear. So they were like, how come you didn't get detention? Like, what? And I was like, I don't know, don't know, no big deal, don't know. <laughs> just, a little, just a little side sad eye at the yeah. teacher, that, and, they, and they know. Yeah, exactly. So what happened to Jenna? I was at university, I was in my second year of uni, mm. and we were at Welsh College, because I did a few classes. Yeah. I went to the University of Glamorgan. Mm. The only reason I chose to go there is because it was up a hill, and I thought I'd lose weight. <laughs> but it turns out I got a taxi up there. But some of our classes were in Welsh College, because they'd like to make all of us performers believe that we were still actors, even though we weren't studying at Royal Welsh College. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in there playing Zip Zap Boeing. Oh, the classic. I know, I've paid 26 grand for that. <laughs> um, and uh, um, I got a phone call from my brother, I've got a t- brother who's 10 years older. He's half Chinese. Um, he's my dad, my mum's first marriage right. to a guy called King One Pang. And he cheated on my mother with a woman called Ping Pang. Um, that is incredible. They've got two daughters called Sheena and Sharon Pang and a son called Jackie Pang. <laughs> and I never know how I'm meant to feel about that. <laughs> uh, but we've got his older brother and he never really speaks much. He's got quite quiet. He's not, me and Jenna were both performers. Like Jenna right. danced and, well, we both danced together for like 12 years. Yeah, he phones me up and he says, Jenna's not feeling very well. I assume it's her asthma. And it's not. She has this random epilepsy seizure, like ran, like never anything. So she'd never had epilepsy before. Never, nothing oh at all. She'd had like up until that. We used to go on holiday together uh, to Torquay with our girl. Like there was a period of our life where we had exactly the same friends. Right. And we used to all dress up like the sexy version of the YMCA and go to like <laughs> Torquay and Newquay and get STDs. Yeah. And um, we had a great time. And we used to like be super close. And when she was on holiday, she'd like feel feel tired. And I used to get really irritated because she'd be like oh I can't come out I feel tired and I get like I'm really ever since I was younger I don't like it when people say oh I'm ill I or I'm tired like I hate it like if you're awake be awake (laughs) like just be awake because you what am I meant to say to I'm tired or I'm 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 ill I hate it and I think it's probably to do with the fact that Jenna was always ill and so I got really irritated by that because I'd want to have yeah. fun and she'd be sick. And so she used to get the sensation that spiders were crawling across her face. Wow. When she was at uni studying contemporary dance, she'd have dizzy spells and be have to sit out. She graduated a year later because of the because of these the sensations. So she'd sort of just finished uni and she'd woken up in the morning and she'd gone down to my dad and she said, Dad, I'm feeling really weird. And he said, go back to bed. I'll take you to the walk-in centre. She wakes up again, comes downstairs. She said, you're going to have to take me now. Something's not right. He takes her in the car, and in the car she has a grand mal seizure for the first oh time, goodness. like nearly breaking the window. Yeah. My dad had to carry her uh, into the walking centre. Like, 
a, a father who's never seen a child fit yeah. before like and my dad's never seen anything like that before either and then I was obviously the last to know because I'm the youngest and they don't think I can handle things mm, yes. um I went I, I went away with a transvestite doing drag Shakespeare to teenagers on tour once and I gave my mum my cat to look after <laughs> and then when I came back my cat had died I'd only had him a year and I my, my cat had died and she like had him put in a coffin. He, he died because he was just so friendly and stupid and oh. he got under someone's wheel and yeah, it was really sad. Yeah. She put him in a little coffin and I came home and, and she had him in this coffin. And I was like, what are you doing? And she said, well, you reacted so badly when your sister died. We thought we'd get him put in a coffin. <laughs> and then she was like, and we thought we could get him buried with your sister. And I was like, I was like, she has everything. She gets every single thing ever. And now she gets my fucking cat in death. No. So I have the cat in out of spite Fair enough. in my bedroom. So she can't have it. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so he phones up and she says she's ill. I get, I get driven by my hysterical friend Paula to the hospital. Jenna's in the bed. We get to the hospital and Jenna's sat upright and everyone, everyone's around her and everyone's looking sad. And this is like such an X Factor moment. Basically, before that, I hadn't done any comedy. I was yeah. doing a bit of contemporary dance and acting, just bits and pieces, nothing yeah. serious. Jenna grabbed my hand in the hospital and she said, can you do me a favour? Can you start making everyone laugh? Because they're all looking at me like I'm about to die and it's yeah. doing my nut in. You need to make them laugh because I can't handle it anymore. So I basically became, and the irony is it's my surname, but I became Patch Adams. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, anytime I was with her in a hospital setting and I'd make jokes, I'd sort of ignore that she was ill. Yeah. I would deny it. I would treat her the same. She had a brainectomy, so they removed part of her brain to get some, rid of some of the tumour. Right. She wasn't disabled in any way. She was different, like very subtly, but we all noticed no one else would have. She mm. just steadily declined over like five years. But she was different, but not disabled. She married a guy called Jason. They got married in between the diagnosis and her death. So when they brought her in, they thought it was just epilepsy and then they immediately said, oh, no, it's a they, brain tumour. In the, because it was so random, they right. knew it was more when she was uh, in the okay. walking centre and they rushed her into hospital wow. and she had a CAT scan the minute she got in. And they said... They yeah. saw the shadow. Then they gave her an MRI scan and a biopsy. And they found out it was a cancerous tumour. Wow. But it was localised. It wasn't okay. spreading. It was just localised to her head. So they were like, we can remove... They thought they were only removing 20%, but they got near 50% of it out. Wow. And then she had radiotherapy over this time. And over this, the time between her diagnosis and her death, my sister went from this person that I idolised, who mm. I was in the shadow of my whole life... Like, she was, like, the biggest personality in a room. She, you know, all boys wanted to be with her. She had a massive social group. I was po unpopular. I I got bullied. She'd have to pull me out of fights a lot. We were, like, the craze. Or, like, <laughs> we were, like, Phil and Grant at my school. <laughs> there was one time that my... Uh, I was having a fight with a guy called Mark Tovey for some reason, and he hit me in the stomach with a hockey stick. They had a fight because Jenna got Jenna always got called over to come and sort me out. They had a fight. She got punched by him, but nothing showed up. We went to the school toilets, and my sister went punch me in the face. And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Punch me in the face. We need to make it look worse, otherwise oh we're going to get in trouble." So my, my basically, I wouldn't do it. It's my sister's punching herself in the face oh in the toilet. Makes her sound mental. She's not at all. She's no, just, it's that classic. It doesn't. It sounds like the teenage te logic. Like this will definitely solve it. <laughs> If I've got a bruise, I'm solved. And yeah, there's many a time I would be with a group friend thinking, is that the best, I guys? Is that the best idea? Yeah. Or yeah. I think it comes from like having a sibling who's the same sex as you as well. Like you get this real pack mentality of yeah. like siblings that are the same. And we were two years apart as well. So yeah, close. Yeah, so she had radiotherapy, put on loads of weight. She went from this person I idolised to this person I avoided mm. over like five years her dying do you know what there was a lot of like there was a lot of relief which is something I've been dealing with the guilt of mm. feeling relieved because the the progression of her illness just like watching someone you love die in front of you I don't mm. know how long your dad well it was really quick so oh. yeah it was like a weird situation where he was diagnosed in February and by April he was dead so I have like the reverse. I want to say like, lucky. I know, no, no, it's, it's it's really <laughs> it's really interesting because I I don't know if you've read. There's a book that's just come out called Last Act of Kindness, which is about a girl whose brother was hit, hit by a car as a teenager, 
and was uh, in a permanent vegetative state. Oh, God. But they kept him alive because they had this, you know, oh, he might come back, he might for like 15 years. But it's an amazing book about how they kept him alive, they changed, you know, they, they built a hospital at home, basically, his par- her parents looked after him. Who's he being alive for? And then eventually she was like, this needs to end, and eventually they... They stopped feeding him, and they, you know, got, they got. Well, had to go to court to say this man is—he's not living a life. And it, the whole—you should read it because the whole book is about the guilt that she had of wanting him to die because she was like, he's—he was a very sociable, you know, charming, good-looking young teenager, played football, and she was like, this wasn't this wasn't a life anymore. So it was really, yeah, it's interesting from my perspective because. I always get jealous of people at a long time because I'm like, oh, you had time to get your head around it. Like, but I can equally, now I also think, oh, I'm glad that it wasn't very long. There's literally no easy way that anyone no. can die. <laughs> no, whether exactly. it's quick or it's slow yeah. or you know about it or you don't know about it. There's no, it's never no easy. Good. Yeah. The only thing you get from it is that everything becomes easier after. Yeah. After a certain time, you have like your three-year period of feeling fucking awful. Yeah, And going yeah. through your peaks and troughs, especially if you're younger as well. I think you go through your peaks and troughs and then after those three years, the, the misery is so hard to put up with anymore. You just want change. Yeah. And so you, it just starts happening and you start like saying yes to going out. Yeah, And yeah. like you start agreeing to go to things and like, like oh the amount of people I've pissed off over the last <laughs> I've had emails my I was thinking about doing a show about it but I don't know if I will but I've had emails from people who I <laughs> I was friends with from school and this girl because I I we both got asked to be a bridesmaid yeah at our friend's wedding and the only time I'd been a bridesmaid before that was with my sister right it was really hard yeah yeah that wedding was difficult and I admit that wedding was hilarious so Je- so basically this is funny so Jenna was sick. Uh, so the wedding was really important. Yes. Uh, she got it in the biggest church in Bristol. It's St. Mary Redcliffe Church because she's got cancer. The amount of shit my sister got because she had cancer. <laughs> like, she used to rinse people for it. Um, we Again, were, why not? Why, why not? not? Why not? She had, her brain tumour was her, like, she became a person with a brain tumour well, rather yeah. than, you see in the um, in the paper or the magazines of people, like, who find out they've got cancer and then they, like, try and fight it and, like, change their life and shave their head and, like, paint it and, like, yeah. go on all these charity fights. My sister didn't do that. Yeah. My sister basically walked around being the Del Boy of cancer, <laughs> trying to get out of people anything she could. Yeah. She's kind, she's, I'm making her out to be that she's not, because she's a very kind and she would, like, go out of her way to help someone yeah um but also at the, she'd go out of her way <laughs> to help herself yeah as so well she, so she had this huge wedding then was it huge like? wedding and i was one of eight bridesmaids wow she, and every bridesmaid was uh, in a relationship except me and three of them were under the age of 12 <laughs> my uncle tony came up to me at the wedding put his hands on my hips and he went you know if you lost weight you get yourself a boyfriend Amazing. So it was just such a great day. And my sister decided to sing for Jason. Perfect moment by Martin McCutcheon. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh, my God, she sounds amazing. And, like, like almost clasping their hands and, like, putting their head to the side and, like, looking at her like she was some sort of angel of, like, oh, she's so brave. And the song my sister sang at Jason, I think I was the only person who could hear it, was so out of tune. <laughs> And so badly performed. And I was almost looking around the room going, are you all mental? <laughs> and it was because she had cancer. Yeah, well, yeah. You can't hear it, you but can't, I could. Yeah, well, yeah, only super close family can still see that person. Yeah. So I guess you obviously reached this relationship where you were still willing to be honest with her. Yeah. In a world She didn't where... want it. Yeah, really? No, we fought a lot. Mm. I mean, the last... Oh, my God, this is so X Factor. But the la- I can't... Do you know what? I can't even say... This, the the romance I've got so many lovely romantic things about the whole situation, but I cannot say them mm. without ha- saying something funny. Or the last conversation I ever had with her, I just met the boy. Uh, I met a, a I met a boyfriend, um, and uh, we'd been together like a month. And I phoned her up to talk to her about him, and I told her, "Oh, he's ginger," and she called him Ronald McDonald. <laughs> she said to me, "Oh, the last three words she said to me were, I love you,' and I said, "I love you back,' but." And it was, and I'm so pleased yeah. that it was those words and not, you're an asshole, yeah. I fucking hate you, why are you fucking ignoring me? Like, because it could have been that. We yeah. could have had an argument because we were so close to that, like, we're always two steps away from arguing with each other. Yeah. My mother always wanted us to be super close and what she's realised is we were. 
yeah but in our own way yeah and I think arguing is not always like because it's fine I argue with my dad an awful lot like I didn't have a great relationship which again after he died everyone was like oh you know he was so wonderful to you and you're like eh it's not it wasn't that simple was it it's like no I mean we like screamed at each other quite regularly and also I think it depends on the kind of person you are I if you use comedy as a defence, which clearly we both do, because yeah. that's our jobs, I I couldn't handle the situation. In the corner of my eye, I could see what's happening, and I would look at it and go, I physically can't, I know I can't cope with that, like, it'll kill me. So- Jenna told me um, in an argument, um, she didn't, so basically after she had her massive operation, she had this huge scar on her face with staples in her, like, it oh, was wow. horrendous. She'd had the operation, and then it, during the operation, she died on the table. Oh, wow. When she woke up, the doctor asked her if she wanted anyone to know, and she said no. And then about six months later, we're having a blazing row. She fucking says it to me when we're in the middle of a row. I died! <laughs> I was like... <laughs> not knowing what That's to do. amazing sibling. She's such a bitch. That's amazing, because it's like the other thing going, I'm not going to say it now, but I'm going to keep it. She it... held that in. Oh, yeah, because she knew it would be a good argument winner. I'm with her on that. Like I, I have quite a few <laughs> things that I'm like... Not now, but one day. If you ever cross that line, I have the card ready. I'm just going to say it. So she, um, so her death, I was with this boyfriend. Mm. Woke Ronald up, McDonald. Ronald McDonald, <laughs> um, or Ollie Bettersworth yeah. uh, is his real name. And we are in bed, and I get and I get some phone calls from my mum, and I pick up. My mum says, Jenna is in, Jenna's had a fit, and that's it. She's never going to wake up again. Oh, my God. Um... She'd slowly deteriorated, but nothing that we really wanted to know. Like, the last time I was with her was my nan's 80th. The whole family were together, and she was there. And looking back on the photos, oh, my God, she looked ill. Mm. She looked real bad. You can't see it, I think, when you've been it's, so close. It's over a period of time yeah. as well. She, looks, she was so weak and, like, like, oh, my God. It was just... And, like, I never went to her flat that she shared with Jason because she lived in Bristol with Jason, but then he had two kids from a previous marriage and she, so he needed to help raise the kids. So Jenna said, let's move to Portsmouth. And so she lived with him in Portsmouth. And I couldn't go there because I just felt sorry for her. And yeah. I felt too, well, if I'd gone there, I'd felt guilty because he, I can't imagine what it was like for him, like being with yeah. her either. And like he ran away to fishing all the time and left her on her own. And the only reason she wasn't alone when she died is because he'd forgotten something from a fishing trip. Otherwise, she'd have been in the flat on her own. And we were angry at him about that. He, he moved on very quickly after Jenna died. He, mm. I think it was about eight weeks. and then he Ooh, got that t- is quick. Eight, eight weeks, and he got in touch with me and said he'd met someone else. I fucking lost it. Yeah. I went mental at him. I said the most heinous... Sh- the shit I've said to people after <laughs> Jenna died. There was a girl that Jenna was friends with. That She was her maid of honour before Jenna died. I know the reason why she couldn't be Jenna's friend after we all know it was mm. hard she she was like it was like staring at death yeah it's it's really tricky and it's really I understand now like I found it hard to be around ill people since that I find it very difficult because I like just, being around ill people now how do you I've gone completely the other way well, not if I, I love them I don't think I find it very difficult if somebody's ill like I just am like don't be ill yeah because in my head it's like you'll die you'll die yeah yeah <laughs> I don't like people I, people are like I've got cold I'm like no you haven't yeah you're fine just have some water you'll be fine yeah so yeah, so she found it difficult. Didn't she, she found it difficult, and so they sort of. And Jenna phoned me up once and was crying at the phone because Laura had got engaged. And how Jenna found out was on the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Laura was Jenna's maid of honor, so um, she didn't have m- much. And she used to like phone people up and be on the phone for hours and hours. Just she, she was just lonely. We had the funeral. Laura turns up at the funeral. We haven't invited her. But she turns up at the funeral and she is walking around like fucking nothing's happened. Mm. That she has been there for Jenna. She was grief trolling. Is oh, what you I can't. Call it. No, you, you haven't been there. No, I, a couple of people I, I've had. Well, I haven't been there, and I'm, I've let them know. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I've either not gone to the funeral or, or said I'm sorry, I'm shit. Like, yeah, you can't. You can't turn up like, hi guys, I'm hi here guys. To, oh, I'm here to be sad. Like fucking Scottish widow in a, yeah. in a in a in like a in like a bloody black chiffon scarf, like oh, yeah, uh, no. glasses on. You've like, got to no. be honest about how shit you've been. You know, she di- she didn't, and so I was honest for her. Yeah. So after the funeral. <laughs> She'd written all this stuff on the internet about losing her best friend. Mm. And so I did a post about her on Facebook. And this is before Facebook was like it is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like five years ago. So Facebook wasn't as intense. But it was still public. But I basically did an update 
how because um, Laura was putting it all over like these photographs of Jenna and I just got I was angry and grieving mm. and annoyed um, and I'm obviously still annoyed about it because I can't see uh, I'm not speaking about what I did wrong in that situation I'm <laughs> speaking about what she did wrong I think it's a you know I don't I'd, people deal with it very differently but I was furious I was furious for years and I think maybe that sounds like what you were going through. Like I'm still mad. Yeah, I'm still angry about it. Yeah. I, I, I've been struggling, come, like, writing my show uh, that I'm doing this year because I'm still mad at Jenna. Yeah. I'm still angry that she has made my family, like, she was always the one who got all the attention. She'd either have some weird boyfriend that she was breaking up with. There'd be some attention on my sister. Yeah. Like, the two of us used to smoke when we were teenagers. She got caught. And there was this whole, like, her getting caught thing. Uh, on on like she had to like have to be grounded, but I never got caught smoking. It was almost like I wanted to be caught, so yeah. I'd have all the attention. Yeah. But she, it was always it was always about her, and I feel like the reason I'm doing comedy is to take the attention away from her. Yeah. Jenna was in the coffin in our d- dining room. Oh wow! In our house, we had her in the house. That's the weirdest thing. Stood yeah. in a room with her. Oh, God. I touched her. I, I thought I'd touch it because I thought, well, this is the last time my skin and her skin are going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had loads of things like that, like loads of things where to other people they might have been weird, but I felt like if I didn't do it, that would be the last time I ever did that. Yeah. So I like would t- I touched her skin and I, I didn't know... I was like, Jen, I don't know what to do. I didn't even know... I'm not religious, so I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why? And mum was like, you need to go in there. I'm really glad she did because I wasn't going to go in there. She was like, you need to go in there. I think somewhere in your brain you need to see them dead as yeah, well. Yeah, you do. So then you look and you go, and I don't know if you had this because my dad was a very full of life person. So when he was dead, he was like, God, he's gone. He's dead, dead. Like, he's really gone. Yeah. yeah, you sort of go, oh, there's nothing. Did you? Were you there yeah. when he died? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we you were. have that thing that they do, um, that dead bodies do, which is where they go, <gasps> oh, God. Yeah. I had them, I was like, it's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the worst. Yeah, that horrible, horrible. The death rattle. The death the last, rattle. The last, they die, and then about five minutes later, yeah. they make a noise again. Yeah. I don't know how my mum knew, but she was always like, it's death rattle, don't worry. And so me and my brother were like, okay, like, it's such a weird thing. And I guess it's like being at a birth, like not many people are present at birth. Being at a death is is a really strange thing. People don't talk about it. They don't talk about the weirdness of it and the kind of or how you should have there's no guidebook is there my auntie Jess was really weird in at our um, so there was like when Jenna died there were like 20 people there so was she in a hospital hospital yeah because she'd been rushed to the hospital and then she was just in a coma and then we all had to come I was the last to arrive again because I wouldn't leave the house I wouldn't she, she had to phone me like about five times to get me to leave the house to come and say goodbye because I just you just can't sometimes yeah also, the other thing was, is the guy I was with, I mean, he'd been with me a month and then my sister died. Oh. Like, and then he was there when I got the phone call as well. Oh, and he came with me. He said, do you, wanna, do you want me to come? And I didn't want to take the train on my own. Yeah. So I was like, no, 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 come. And also, I didn't want to be the only one there without a partner <laughs> as well. Like, because everyone had my mum and my dad and I don't like touching people when I'm feeling vulnerable. And uh, it would have been different with Ollie because I needed him, I needed to touch I could touch him for that and I probably our relationship ended two years later and he wanted to split up with me way before he did but he couldn't <laughs> feel really thankful for us afterwards we went into the car park and he just started juggling and he's really good at it and and I just sat there on a bench and he's just doing cascades and juggling wow. and yeah. and I just and I just thought like and it was then I was like I was like I'm like this is brilliant this distraction that he's doing like like this is this is what this is like. Yeah. Why I why I do comedy is because I don't want to distract people from things being shit. Yeah. Like I don't talk about politics and stuff on stage because I feel like I don't need to remind people of how crap everything is. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be this sort of advocate for positivity on the internet at the moment because people like, are so sad, <laughs> and it's just like you don't need to be grieving for the country like this. No one's died. Yeah. Like you've got. I definitely had this where once you've been through grief your tolerance of things is is extremely gone. low or hard. you've gone yeah <laughs> and i mem- i remember again our, our dog passed away maybe like a year after my dad and my mum i came over from school and she went dog's died and i was like all right cuz i just thought well it's not my dad like no. or if anything happened i was like well no one's and i used to always say to people no one's died and i broke up with like 
um, this guy, I was very we were long, we were like, we'd been together for a while and I was, you know, going off to university and he was extremely upset and I remember going, I'm not dead. Like, I just couldn't get my head around it. I was yeah, like, why are you but so I'm not upset? dead. Like, because that becomes your, you know that pain. So everyone else's pain, you're like, but it's not, not dead. So you, you lost me. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. I would always be like, I couldn't get my head around. Now, much further on, I think, okay, this Gareth has different forms of sadness, and other people feel things in a different way. But it took me a long time to not just be like, if you're living and breathing, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you're fine. Have you're a nice there. time. Yeah, like yeah. So, yeah. So if you're struggling with something, if you're ill or something like that, like the only thing to do in that situation is to just try and have a. It's just try. Yeah. Like, Try, try, because when that person, when you're gone, or you're, or the person, there's someone gone in your life, it's that's it. There's nothing yeah, else. It, that nothingness of like knowing I'll never speak to her again, knowing that I'll never touch her, or I'll never smell her, or I'll never like, I'll never pick shit out of the holes in her ears where the, her earrings used to be, yeah, and like yeah. knowing that, like, like people don't, people don't. People just don't realise that that's that's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. The finality of it, I think, is really... Unless you've been through it. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. And I, like, again, I feel, like, really lucky that that I've been through it in a way because it just it just makes you... I don't know if you got this as well, but I just feel fearless. Mm. I definitely did... For about yeah, you just feel like you the time, anything. I find the fear came back. Yeah, <laughs> the fear definitely came back. But I was how old were you when it came back? How long after? I'm just like, thinking like how long have yeah, I got? Yeah, how long have you got? Until I start um, shitting shit in my pants. It did take ages. I mean, I've, I'm nearly like it's nearly been like 18 years or something. So I've, I'm getting to the weird point where I've he, uh, he's been dead longer than he was alive. Alive now, for you? Which is, yeah, it's very strange. I'm older than Jenna ever will be now. Yeah, she's my older sister still, but yeah. she died when she was 28. Yeah, those weird things, those weird little milestones that that do get in your head. But I'm like, definitely for yeah, maybe a good five, six, seven years, I was completely fearless. I just didn't, I didn't care what anyone thought at all. Yeah, because you're. Your skin's been whipped off. Yeah. So you're like, what? And I remember thinking, like, what else could you possibly do that could make this worse? Like, yeah. you've got, you. What have you got? Yeah, what have Someone you got? Someone calls me fat in the street. I don't get it. I used to get called fat a lot. Like, you know, when, when fat wasn't popular, when James Corden and Adele hadn't made it popular. <laughs> but, like, I used to get called fat in the street or something. And when it, before all this happened, it would, I'd be, it would be the saddest thing that's ever happened yeah, to me. And yeah. I would cry and feel really insecure and I had and someone just like in a car did a drive by fat shout and like in a car and just screamed out the window at me and like I remember I was chatting to a friend and I just like carried on walking because it just didn't matter anymore what people thought about the way I looked what all the things I cared about before like being unpopular after Jenna died I was alone for five months in a car with a man he, he and I are friends now, but it was hard for us. To, this is the guy I went doing drag Shakespeare oh, with. Right, yeah. So that was... So Ollie and I had split up. Fucking sad. Mm. Just depressed. And he had depression as well, so it was not a good Bleak. situation. And I left and went doing... I went on this tour. And I spent five months not talking to anyone. Mm. Not talking to Ted's or the girl that was driving because she didn't really like me. And I just sat and I thought for five months. And I thought about how I feel and how and what's important to me and what I was going to do when I came back and what who who am I because mm. I hadn't been anyone I'd been Ollie I'd been whoever I was I'd lost me I'd lost my shadow I'd lost who I was I'd lost everything I compared myself to my whole life yeah. and I'm crying again it's so emotional <laughs> um and I'd lost that 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 mirror that I used to hold up in front of my face she'd gone and I had to become me again it's such a cliche but like you after them yeah because without them there is it's like there's a piece missing there's a hole and like the hole will get filled up with other stuff but like there is some you know like again that empty seat in you there's something that you're like oh there used to be like a leg there and it's not there (laughs) when you lose that person whatever you've emotional connection you've had with them it's you do have to reform somehow and go how am I going to do that without the person I can shout at and call I'm up I'm now the big sister yeah I'm yeah. now I'm now the person who is probably going to be made responsible for my parents when they're older 
Yeah. Like my mum and I are best friends now. I talk to my mum every day on FaceTime. We don't. We just we we we'll sit and not talk. We'll just be on FaceTime together. <laughs> like she's she is the cleverest person in the world that I know. But when Jenna was alive, we didn't have space or room for us to be close because yeah. Jenna needed my mum so much and mum wanted to talk to me about Jenna and I couldn't talk to her about Jenna yeah, because yeah. the way that I viewed my sister which is as a sister was very different to my mum viewing her as a daughter and I couldn't separate my my feelings towards Jenna with her feelings and so it wasn't we weren't able to talk and then Jenna died and we've just been like she's just been oh she she's just she's we're each other's rocks. Did you go to therapy? And I went to two sessions and the woman like put on three dictaphones and was going, mm, 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 <laughs> mm, in it. And I, and I went, I, I, I can't stay here. Yeah. But I, because I'm, I will have therapy one day and this is going to make me cry again. Um, there's, have you seen Breaking Bad? I haven't seen the last bit, but go for it. <laughs> Don't oh, worry. I'm sure I'm going to ruin it. <laughs> Don't worry. The wonderful thing about Breaking Bad yeah. is that it is a story of a man who gets told he's going to die and it's what he does before he dies. Yeah. He goes from someone who's never done anything to this guy who had this incredible life. and But in the middle, you're like, this guy's an arsehole. Look at all the people he's hurting in yeah, the middle. Yeah. But once he... At the end, he dies. What? No, well, I knew it. I knew. <laughs> so he dies and there's this moment where... Um, so he dies and they play um, Baby Blue... Uh, I can't remember the song. And they have this camera and it just hands upwards he's like going up and it's almost like his body's his soul is leaving and I just burst into tears because it was like my sister didn't really achieve anything when she was alive mm. there's no like romantic story she's not sold albums she's not like created works of art she her favorite thing was like having a packet of Mayfair lights and playing a fruit machine like she never quit smoking either like she like she didn't really achieve anything in her life and so like I always had this like sense of regret for her she didn't do more especially with her dance or like she was so talented like such a good dancer mm. everyone tried to say she was a better singer than me but clearly that's not true anymore <laughs> I sing opera I said, but probably why I sing opera is because everyone was like Jenna's a singer and so I was like well fuck you I'm going to do the other I'm thing do the best form of singing you I'm can do I'm going to do the best <laughs> yeah. the camera lifts and you have this overriding sense of like fuck me that's this guy's life done and it was like it I'd never watched anything that made me understand. Like, the guy who... He, whoever wrote that, he's been through. Yeah. He's been through it. Yeah, definitely. He knows what death is. He, he understands grieving mm. and death. And it was that finale to his life. Like, he'd gone through everything he'd gone through, and then he died. And then all that's left now are memories of what that person achieved. And so my... Like, I just burst into tears and we were led next to each other and Ollie's never been through anything like that before. Right, yeah. And it's got to be fucking... He spent two years with me crying about my sister or, like, not crying or at least looking sad or, like, yeah. him not being able to ever fix me. Like, when you're in a relationship with someone, you've got to be able to, fi- you've got to, be able to help them and he couldn't mm. help me. I just um, metamorphosized myself into a version of a person that I thought he wanted to be around and he couldn't ever break through that. Mm. So he could never really have me. And I cried and he, like just didn't do anything and it was then I was like I don't think we can be friends anymore <laughs> it's not his fault either no, no. if he listens to this it's not it's not his fault I, I took me a long time to accept that some people just don't get it because yeah. I would be so angry like why don't you fucking get it and then you just go they just don't if you haven't seen someone even, he die should, he shouldn't you know? even have to get no, it exactly. like this isn't a thing that she he shouldn't have I shouldn't have taken him to the hospital. No, I can totally understand why you did. Yeah. And also, I think it's too easy to be like, should and shouldn't. It's like, there's so many things I think, oh, why did I do that? But you go, because I was faced with death. So my brain didn't make a logical decision about anything. No. And sometimes you make good ones because you're not thinking. Sometimes you're like, God, that was, my brain really went for it then. And sometimes you think, oh, my brain was not focused and <laughs> did not help me. But death is such a fucking... Like I always say, like the tablecloth's been pulled out, like everything's moved, but only a little bit, and you can't figure out where it used to be. Yeah. So you you just make all sorts of strange calls, you know. That oh, the shit I've done in the last five years, the yeah, stuff I've, the you know, situations I've put myself in, and beca- and I justify it because I I've I watched my sister die. I do think, but it's funny because when you're justifying it. Part of you thinks, like, am I being cheap? But there is a part that is true. You are going through that. And it does make you react weirdly to a friendship's emotion, you know. 
relationships, it does take an awful long time. I think, again, when it happens young, that's the other tricky thing I found is that everyone in your peer group is going through different things. Uh, whereas you're dealing with, oh, I now understand the concept of death. <laughs> like, whereas they're going, oh, like, oh. you know, I don't fit my jeans or I can't find a boyfriend. And you're like, yeah. oh, no, I've, I'm dealing with the giant Not only are thing. my tits growing and I'm about to lose my virginity to someone yeah. that I probably don't like. All of this stuff that normally your parents help you with, yeah. you are going to be going through that without a father. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're the male role model. The person... We, if, we're, if you're in a straight relationship... Um, your, your you model your your husband or the person you is yeah. based on your relationship with your father. So what happens when he's not there? I know, yeah, exactly. So it's it's it makes it difficult, I think, to relate to some people to relate to people, which then makes your behaviour seem strange or you do do strange things because because you're going through something. And I do, yeah, it just I think especially in your twenties as well, like when everyone is kind of like partying and having a good time. I was, I was at uni, oh, and I can't have any like. I mean, ever uh, <laughs> university was horrible as well. But I never had anyone to. No one got it. I had no one yeah. to talk to. I had no one to talk to about it, and no one really. Like, and also because I was friends with like performers, they were so wrapped up in themselves as oh well God. that they. I try my hardest now to be empath. I have sympathy. Yeah, is shit. If you're gonna help someone who's grieving, just don't give them sympathy. No, they don't fucking want it. Mm. They want empathy. They want them. You. They want you to look at them and say, "If I was in that situation, what would I need right now?" Yeah. Rather than going, oh, "Is there anything I can get you?" Yeah. Like that. What, what am I meant to do with your feelings about this situation? I always think the people who ask. You, it's the people who don't ask the people who are like oh you did that and I didn't even you bought the food round you did the washing up you took me out without asking you pay for that thing. like that's the people you're you like left oh. me alone yeah yeah so I had so I had after I, did, I didn't get back to this so my friend got married oh, after Jenna died and we were all bridesmaids and um, the lead up to the wedding and we were going for all these like cocktail dress fittings and I'd, like all these like buzzy little bridesmaid things and I just fucking didn't want to do it. Mm. I wanted to be Joe's bridesmaid but I didn't want to do all that stuff because yeah. they all like were in relationships with people that they were really happy with, they weren't grieving and like it was just, I was just like, you know, smoking myself, to blit, like smoking weed until I fucking, my eyeballs would like come out. Like, weed was my thing that I, mm. I just got stoned for two years basically. I got stoned because I was grieving, guys, not because I was just <laughs> a drug addled. Min- it was just weed as well. I just thought I'd put that in there. <laughs> so the wedding came, and on the wedding, I like did all the hair and makeup for everyone and all the bridesmaids, and it was a lovely day. And I was really on it, and I was making sure Jas- Joe was looked after all day. And basically, to everyone that was part of the wedding, was like, "Oh my god, Jade's amazing! Isn't she brilliant?" But then the other bridesmaid, who'd actually been sort of n- not really the maid of honor, but she was appointed, she did, she organised everything on the day. Uh, she wasn't getting any praise because I was getting it all. <laughs> so it must have been annoying for her. Yeah, because she'd, she'd done all the legwork. She'd done all the legwork. <laughs> but, I, you know, the stuff I'd done... All, yeah, she'd done all the legwork, Jade. Don't justify it. <laughs> and then afterwards, I'd taken some photos and I went to tag her in them on Facebook and I couldn't find her. And she uh, had blocked me. And then she sent me an email, which was very long. And one of the sentences in the email was, I know your sister died, but... <laughs> <laughs> Joe really needed you on her wedding day and I was like what like how, why why don't you get this and yeah. I sent it to Joe and I said do you feel this way because she'd spoken for Joe right yeah she was like no I don't and she I'm really pissed off that she sent that and then they were the last people basically everyone I'm the only per, per, there's one person that's around that was around before Jenna died which is Becky my friend but our friendship came closer after Jenna died and then we got really close because she's got a sister. So Becky, my best friend's got a sister called Gabby and, and they own a business together. So they're super close. So the two of them obviously had this like incredibly intense feelings for me after Jenna died yeah. and Becky came to the funeral and stuff. But everyone else that was around after, before Jenna died, like I'm, I'm not, I haven't got time mm. for them. And it's, a, it's just like they just knew me. I'm not the same. One of the hardest things is it, it just changes you. It completely changes you. And some people get it and some people don't. But you, I think, if you fight it, like, you know, I, yeah, I didn't get stoned. I just, I smoked. That's what I did. I just smoked 20 a day. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I never got stoned because that, that to me brought up too much emotion. Like, yeah, I would I, freak it out. It made me go, di- it made me die inside. Oh, yeah, no. It, so I would just smoke, smoke, smoke and hardly drink. And 
you sort of have to go through this bit where you're nothing and then you, when you come out the other side yeah it's you know you are changed and either people get it and they are willing to like the new you or learn about how you've changed or they don't like these people that I'm not friends with anymore I'm not angry at them at all it was just I needed something they couldn't do for me yeah. and they needed something that I couldn't do for them and there were no that means we're no longer able to be in each other's company yeah. I don't want to feel like I've I've upset you when I already feel I'm I already feel like I've lost half of my body mm. like it, this isn't this isn't about you yeah. and like I just at that point I just needed some compassion and they couldn't give it to me yeah. um and and like because you can't you can't you're so wrapped up like everyone this I, I look when I'm on the tube and I look at people the first thing I think is oh my god aren't there a lot of faces in the world <laughs> uh, there's just so many different faces. So many faces the other thing I think is like I, I like what, losing Jenna is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me and ever probably will unless I have a child and I lose a child I don't think there's anything because losing your parents it's the right that's the right way around yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the wrong way around um, and especially for my parents as well like this is an int- they say this I don't know if probably someone else has said this but like when you're a husband that loses a wife or a wife that loses a husband you're a widow when you're a child that loses a parent you're an orphan but there's no word to describe what it's like to lose a child yeah, because it's so fucking awful yeah. and there's no word for sibling either yeah. there's no special sibling that's, I've never thought of that before yeah that's really you, there's no you're half an orphan yeah yeah like I'm a uh, yeah <laughs> But it's it's just that I try to be I try to look at people as like complicated messes that if you like someone and you want them in your life, you have to be understanding of who that person is and Mm. what happened to them before. And you have to guide them in the right direction of like if you think they're doing something that's bad for them, then guide them. And if they can't change it, then you have to leave them and you can't make people you can't sit around and make people wait for people to change it's not mm. fair to come into someone's life and say be different mm. or like be it because because that's who they are and you've agreed to that already and i think that i try now to be compassionate and and understanding i keep the people around me that do that with me as well because i'm no walk in a park i'm a you know an ignored child which is why i'm a comedian now how do you feel about your own death has it made you more? I know where I'm going to be buried. Oh right, okay. I'm, I'm like not only did we share a fucking bedroom together, <laughs> and we were in bunk beds, and we got dressed the same, and I had around me down clothes. My mum points to Jenna's grave when I go there and goes, "That's your grave, by the way. We've bought you. We've bought you one." Oh my god! And I was like, "Oh, so you're not expecting me to like be in a relationship <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like yeah. be scattered on like because I imagine I'll be like pushed out on a Viking boat into the sea. <laughs> I want a sea burial." But no, I'm I've got a grave with my sister. Wow. On top of her. Like we're back to the age of eight in bunk beds. Do you think how do you think she'd feel about that? She'd find it fucking hilarious. Yeah. She's already dead, so she'd be spiteful about it. <laughs> she she um she'll be happy for me for everything's going on. She's be she'd be really chuffed, but that she would be also jelly welly about yeah. it. She'd be real jealous. And I love that. I think that's important. I think that's important. It like Relations, good relationships aren't simple. No, really good relationships aren't like, oh hooray, everything's great. Like that's not. That's not good. That's, that's not a, the one. That's someone pretending. Yeah, and that's not the ones you stay with or affect you. And I think yeah, especially with girls and similar age. And if she was a performer as well. Yeah. I will, I I thought after Jenna died, I thought I was fearless, and then I got really pissed. I don't get drunk very often, but I got pissed one day, and I was in a golf buggy. Uh, someone had got, got me to book me for a gig and he said what do you want what do you want it's a it's a massive budget you can have anything you want I was like I'll, let's have a golf buggy taking me to and from where I need to be so we got this golf buggy and he was like let's drive it home there was free cocktails all night yeah, yeah. so we're driving home and we, we went fucking like 20 miles an hour into a lamppost oh, and he got thrown out I hit my head um, I was braced so I didn't because I knew it was going to happen so I was sort of holding on so I didn't get thrown out but I hit my head checked my laptop first of all before I checked him Excellent. Um, and then all night I was worried that I was going to change that my personality was going to change because I banged the front of my head yeah. and I, I'd banged it so hard that I'd rattled my brain as well mm. and I was just so worried that I'd be different and and I, and I and then I realised that I'm terrified of dying but not because I feel if I died now I'd be pretty chuffed because like it would be this like unspoken of like oh she could have been this and she yeah. didn't ever make it and I'd be I'd be immortalized in some way in people's eyes me and my mum try and keep that with my sister because before she died she said to my mum can you make sure no one forgets me yeah and so now we like we do a charity ball 
Sorry. And we raise for two charities, which is one's brain tumour support and the other one is the Epilepsy Research UK. So basically hit my head and then I was worried that I'd swallow my tongue and I'd die. And I realised that um, I'm not worried about me dying uh, and what that and me not being able to do anything afterwards. What I'm worried about is my mum and dad mm. and them losing another child. Because I don't think they... I yeah. don't... I think out of all of the things that my mum... Do you know what? I'm probably patronising her. The woman's lost a breast. She had breast cancer herself. My dad lost his sister himself. Like both of my dad's parents have gone. Mm. Like it's it's around, and I I, I say my mum won't be able to cope with it. She probably actually she probably I don't know what she'd do, but I just that's what I'm scared of. I don't want my parents to. I want I want to be as successful as I can be for Jenna, for me, for them, and I want us all to be like sipping cocktails or my mum's teetotal, but like <laughs> in the Maldives just together and just, you know, going on a family holiday that I've paid for and it being okay and it mean... And I'm not, like, desperate for it or anything. Like, I don't... as Well, I might be in my head, but, like, outwardly, yeah, I'm yeah. not, like... It, it, it'll happen when it happens, you know? And I'm I just got to carry on being funny. Making people laugh that are unhappy is, that is really... I find it easy. I find, I find trying to distract someone from the shit things that they feel, even if you just piss them off. Just trying to distract someone from sadness. Like, just piss them off or make them laugh. Either one of those. For a minute, they'll either think you're the best thing since sliced bread or they'll think you're an arsehole. But whatever happens at that moment, they've forgotten about the thing that they're sad about. Amazing. Jade, thank you so much for talking to me. It was amazing. Thank you so much. That was lovely. You can follow Jade on Twitter at Jade Adams and she's currently performing her Edinburgh show Jade 31 at the Soho Theatre in London till January. Check out their website or jadeadams.co.uk for details. Thank you for listening to Griefcast. I've been Carriad Lloyd. You can find me on Twitter at Lady Carriad or you can tweet at The Griefcast or email me thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music is provided by The Glue Ensemble and you can find them at thegluensemble.com. Thank you for listening. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com